And so, I want us to turn to the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 20, from verse 1 to 4 for now. But I am interested in the entire scripture of 2 Chronicles, because that is what I want to go through to let you know that your God is always faithful. I said your God is always faithful. So in the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 20, starting from verse 1, and if you can write for the reading of God's word, it will be good as it is the custom of this house. The Bible says that it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other beside the Ammonites, the other beside the Ammonites are the Edomites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea, on this side Syria. And behold, they be in Hazazon Tamar, which is Enjedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. God bless you. Let's be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. So, as human beings, we are created with choices. We are created with choices. Every one of us, no matter who you are, no matter your status, no matter your background, no matter what you have become, we are created with choices. And that's why today you have doctors because some decided to be doctors, some decided to be engineers, some decided to be architects and their likes. Some decided, you know, to be whatever they want to be. That is because you are somebody who has a choice. Hallelujah. So you decide who you want to marry. Out of all the women on the face of this earth, you decide who you want to marry. You decide how many children you want to give birth to. You decide the relationship you want to keep. You decide every day the kind of food you want to eat. Hallelujah. You decide the kind of accommodation you want to have. So as human beings, we are created with choices. Every one of us. When you wake up someday, you don't feel like going out, you won't go out. Especially if you do your own business. Hallelujah. So we are created with choices. And that is the beauty of life. The beauty of life is that things are not forced on your throat. Hallelujah. Because you see, if in our society, if things are forced on our throat, that it will no longer be a democracy, but it will, it will be an autocracy or an anarchy system. Hallelujah. So we are free to do whatever we want. Hallelujah. So we are created with choices. Amen. And that is why sometimes we are excited and we are happy. There are certain countries you don't want to visit because you know the way things operate there. For instance, in most of these Arab countries, if you're a woman, you cannot dress beautiful like the way Mrs. Um, Zorosta has dressed. Hallelujah. She's so beautiful, always glorious. Hallelujah. You can't. 
Because what you have to do is to cover your entire body. You can't come out as a woman. As a matter of fact, it's of recent that a place like Saudi Arabia, they are allowing women to drive. And I don't know how far they have come, but for a long time, women couldn't drive. So that is a societal restraint. But in our society and in most modern society, we have choices. So you choose things. Hallelujah. And society will tell you, you choose your battles. There are certain things you look at it and say, this one, I can, I can handle it. I can fight it. I can overcome it. There are certain things you look at it and say, this is more than I can do. You abandon and you move on. But then, what happens if battles chooses you or choose you? You get to a point in your life where it is no longer about choices, but it is about you being forced to do certain things or things are chasing you. Things that you did not bargain for, things that you did not anticipate, things that you did not plan for, these things that has never been on your agenda, then they are chasing you. Hallelujah. And I can tell you that in the economy and the environment, so many things are chasing most of us. Things that we did not bargain for. Things that we did not anticipate. These days, it takes the grace of God to have a certain amount of money in your hands to do things that you want to do. That choice is being eroded. Hallelujah. These days, people are in a relationship where they are being held like bondages. Oh, these days, financial predicament is choosing people. Poverty is choosing people. Sicknesses are choosing people contrary to our wish. Oh, these days, there are things that people are going through and they never bargain for. So what do you do when the battle chooses you? What do you do? What do you do? You are there and suddenly things are going well and from nowhere, the battle comes from nowhere to disrupt your life. Disrupt your life and disrupt your life in a way that shatters you. What do you do? Oh, you are there and suddenly the man that you have known for so many years wakes up to one day and said, I am no longer interested in this relationship. You did not prepare, you did not anticipate. Oh, you are a young woman. You have kept yourself so holy. You have kept yourself from men. You get married and you are looking forward to carrying your own baby, your own children. And suddenly the children are not coming. You never planned for that in the marriage. You never planned for it. You are a young man. You are a young woman. You have gotten to the point where you should settle down. Every woman you propose to will say no. Every man you, who, who, who comes around is not looking at marriage. Every man, what do you do? But you never plan for it. You waste so much time. You go to school. And you, are, you have done all that you can. Perhaps sometimes you come out with the best grade. And you come out and there is no job. You never anticipated that. What do you do? A battle has chosen you. A battle has chosen you. Oh, but I have good news for you. I said I have good news for you. A battle has chosen you, but there is a way out. What do you do? These battles are choosing us. The economic situation in the country is such that businesses are not going well you talk to people on a daily basis and they tell you my business is going down some of us have even taken loans taking loans but you see when you were taking the loan you never anticipated that a time is going to come or suffer that your business will not do well what do you do i know a woman a woman who runs a shop 
Few years ago, she was telling me, Mr. Siedu, few years ago, my shop was doing so well. So well. He said, but from 2017, out of the six shops I have, I have closed all of them. I am just now left with one. And even the one, I am closing it by December. And the reason I have to close it by December is because I have a loan. And I'm just believing God that when I sell and, and I'm able to pay the loan, I will put this business to a help. What do you do when the battle chooses you? What do you do? It is a tough situation. It is a difficult situation. It is a situation that when it confronts you, you look at it and you say, this is too big for me. This is too big. It is not in my plans. It has never been in my plans. What do you do? You wake up one day and you are out of job. What do you do? And nobody is there for you. Nobody is there to, com to, to, to commiserate with you. Nobody is there to weep with you. And you have to face it all alone. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? When the battle chooses you, and if he has not chosen you, I am here to tell you that perhaps one day he will choose you before you exit this earth. Prepare for it. You may not know the nature, but it will choose you. Because it gets to a point where the devil orchestrates things and put things together. Hallelujah. And so, King Jehoshaphat got up one day, never have anticipated and the Bible says, and go to verse 1, and the Bible says that it came to pass that, that after this also, that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them the Edomites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. These are strong armies. Strong armies. Strong armies. And, 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 and perhaps Jehoshaphat could handle one. Perhaps the army of Judah could handle one. But not one, not two, but three. Three is too much. Three is too much. Ah, I am 40 as a lady. I am not married. I, I, maybe I can handle it when I am not married. But I am not married. I have no child. Because if I am not married, I will have no child. I am a lady at 40 and I have no place to put my head. I am a lady at 40 and I have, I have no hope in life. Maybe if it is one, you can handle it. But this one. The father of my kids has abandoned me. Oh, the, 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 the husband that I used to have has forsaken me. He has forsaken me. And so I am miserable. What do you do? Jehoshaphat is faced with this army. Three. Three. It's a difficult one. It's a tough one. And look at the next verse. The Bible says, verse 2, then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria. And behold, they be in Hazazon Tamar, which is in Jedi. Even the way they were coming, they did not use the normal route to approach, you know, to, 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 to approach Judah. They came from behind, behind, so that they were sneaking in on Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat did not have time to plan. Jehoshaphat did not have time to raise an army. Jehoshaphat did not have time to put together a plan that will counter this. Because they came upon him suddenly. You didn't have time to plan for what you are going through. You didn't have time. You didn't have time to put a strategy in place. You didn't have time to do the things that can counter it. I mean, imagine you wake up this tomorrow and they tell you you have no job. Did you have time for that? You didn't have time. 
The man that you are with, assuming he wakes up tomorrow and says he's no longer interested. Did you plan that? You didn't have time. Hallelujah. You wake up tomorrow and then your business suddenly has gone down. You wake up tomorrow, the contract you are doing, somebody says it no longer exists. What do you do? What do you do? And even look at the way they, they packaged it and told Jehoshaphat. They, they came and told Jehoshaphat, the people are coming. First of all, they said, it's a great multitude. Put fear into you. Society is telling you where you have gotten to, you can't make it. You can't make it, it is not possible. Where you have gotten to, there is no hope for you. Where you have gotten to, there is no way out for you. Society is telling you, anybody that hits the age of 50 cannot give birth. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. You are quiet on me this morning. And I believe it's sinking in. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. He, the man did not have time to put strategy in place. The only thing they told him is that they are coming. And they are coming in their numbers. But your situation is not hopeless. Your, oh, I said your situation is not hopeless. They may be coming to you from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west. But your situation is not hopeless. There is a way out for you. There is a hope for you. Your God will make a way out of no, out of no, where, where there is no way. The Bible says he makes rivers in the desert. And this morning he will make rivers in the, in the desert that you have found yourself. He will make way for you. They told him, put fear in him. And look at what verse 3 says. Verse 3 says, and Jehoshaphat feared. Listen, there are so many of us, they have put so much fear into us. By our situation, and by the way they have disgusted us, they have put so much fear into us. And they are telling us, it's as if you ask for you, you can never make it. Hallelujah. Oh, a prophet told my, my, my wife, he says, as for your husband, they have designed that he will never work again. They have decide, decided that his, his end has come. And we said, oh, they haven't seen anything. Because the Bible says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. Neither has he entered into the heart of men. What God has in stock for us, I tell you, I may be down now, but I will bounce back. You may be down now, but you will bounce back. Men cannot stop your destiny. Men cannot take your glory away. When they take it, God will restore it. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah chapter 60, it says, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Your glory will come back. You will shine again. Those that say that you cannot rise, they will see you rise and they will marvel and they will weep. They will marvel and they will weep. <laughs> oh, that, that, that I am down today. It is normal once in a while when you fear. But you see, the fact that you have a God makes the difference. Because your destiny is not in the hands of men. Your destiny is in the hands of God who makes all things beautiful in his time. And they are telling you, you will never get married. They are telling you, you will never give birth. Says who? Whose report are you believing? Whose report? So what do you do when this battle chooses you? The answer is found 
in. No, go back. Yes. The, the, the Bible says, and Jehoshaphat feared. Hallelujah. And set himself to seek the Lord. Set himself to seek the Lord. So anytime the battle chooses you and you don't know what to do, the only way out is for you to set yourself to seek the Lord. The Bible says Jehoshaphat did not consult men because he knew that even men were limited. Or oh, I am here to tell you that in that situation, even men are limited in dealing with it. I am here to tell you that even the resources that we have is limited to deal with it. I am here to tell you even connection men cannot help you. Your brothers and sisters cannot help you. The only one who can help you is the almighty God. The psalmist says that I will lift up my eye to the hill from where cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. The Lord which made the heavens and the earth. My help is from the Lord. Set your eyes to seek the Lord it is a waste of time when you are dealing with men it is a waste of time when you are hoping on men the truth is that you see there are certain things men can do for you there are certain battles you can fight so for those battles you see when David in Sikla lost his entire household and the household of, of, his, of, of, his, of his troops. When he went to the Lord, he asked God. He said, God, shall I pursue? It means that he had what it took to pursue. So God said, pursue, for you shall recover. It means that it was a battle that David could fight. But you see... When an army like this is coming against you, it is not a battle you can fight. It is a battle that when you turn your face to God, you are telling God that God, I can handle one, but I cannot handle three. Three is more than for me. Three is too much for me. Three may consume me, but I know that when it is big for me, Lord, it is small for you. I know that when it is big for me, it is small for you. So Lord, I know that there are three great army coming after me but I turn to you you know what he did give me the verse 4 so what Jehoshaphat did was to say Lord I move the battle from the one coming after me to the one above me so Jehoshaphat was looking at the troops but suddenly Jehoshaphat changed the focus and said, you are coming unto me with all the resources and all the armory, armory, armory and all the arsenal that you have. I may be limited, but I know a father. I know a God who is above and I will abandon you for a while and go to him because I know with my God, I can run through troops and I can live over a he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. David told Goliath, he said, you come with me, to me with sword and the likes of it. But I come to you in the name of the almighty God, the Jehovah Elohim, the El Shaddai God, the Adonai God, the Mikadeski God, the Jehovah Rohi, the one who is able to win all battles. He is the one that I am coming to you with. You face me carnally, but I am coming spiritually. 
spiritually and I know that my God will defeat you. Oh, I am telling you that your God will defeat that enemy. Your God will defeat the enemy. There may be two, there may be three, there may be four, there may be five, um, but their time has come because your God will defeat them. If you believe that, shout yes! Because they knew that perhaps individually if they face Jehoshaphat he could face them they gathered themselves three three Abba. is that no wickedness three and, 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 and this is just this is not the whole this is not the whole nation of Israel if I can put it that way this is that the tribe of Judah Judah at this point the kingdom of Israel had been divided into two you have the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin coming together to form this Judah kingdom and you had the other tribe nine tribes or so or ten forming the other kingdom and yet look at the enemy look at you who are you what do you have what do you possess that everything about you is about the enemy about the enemy about the enemy about the enemy the bible says they will never sleep until they cause havoc and for you that is what they have tried to do in your life it is all about you do you know why because they know that your greatness is coming oh they know why would they waste their time if they know that your tomorrow is not going to be good they know they know they know what god has in stock for you so when the battle chooses you forget about this world and face your god if you are barren forget about barrenness and go to god if you have lost your husband your wife forget about him and go to god if you have lost your business forget about the business and go to god if you have lost your money forget about the money and go to god if you have lost a child forget about the child and go to god the bible says that uh, he will make you a thousand times more than you are he's capable of restoring you he's capable of restoring you so they went to Jehoshaphat went to the Lord and the whole city came to him and look at what Jehoshaphat said starting from the verse 5 and Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem and in the house of the Lord before the new court and said Oh Lord, God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven, and rules not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen, and in thy hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Hey, I love this. Let me finish reading and then I'll come back. Give me the next verse. Are not thou God? Who this drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gave it to Abraham, the seed of Abraham thy friend forever go on we are going tonight and they dwell dying and have built thee a sanctuary dying for thy name saying if when evil cometh upon us 
as the sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cried unto thee in our affliction, then thou will hear and hell. Hey, hey. So you see, Jehovah Shabbat said, listen, if I am to face these people, there is no hope. But you know, I know what this God is capable of doing. Hallelujah. And let me digress a little bit so that you appreciate why Jehoshaphat could go this way. You see, give me Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 18 and 19. The qualities of a king, Deuteronomy chapter 17. The Bible says, and upon the throne of his kingdom, talking about whenever a king is chosen in Israel, that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priest, the Levites. And he shall be with him, and he shall read therein all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the words of this law and this status to do them. So you see, before you became an, a king in Israel, it was mandatory that you wrote all the word of God, the laws of God, you meditate on them. It must imbibe in you. And one of the reasons why this must imbibe in you is for you to be able to understand the workings of the, the word of God and for you to know the promises and for you to understand. So kings were never ignorant. And I am here to tell you, you see, when the battle chooses you, you must remember the words that you have read. You must remember the word of God. You must remember the promises of God. You must remember the things that God has promised in his word. The things he has done in the past. The things that he is still doing. So Jehoshaphat goes to God. And he said, God, I know that you are God although you are in heaven. But you rule in the affairs of men. Every kingdom is subject to you. God, I know. God, I know that the other time when Hannah was barren, Lord, by just a spoken word from a prophet, you confirm and you make sure that she became fruitful. God, I know. God, I know that even when it is difficult, you cause the rest to part into two. God, I know. God, I know that when a widow just, just, just fed a man of God with some bread and some cake, God, you made in abundance oil to flow. God, I know. I know that even the dead man the other time, I know that you're able to cause the dead man to rise. God, I know. God, I know that even in, in, in the midst of it all, you're able to show yourself strong. God, I know. I know. I know who you are. God, I know who you are. I know who you are. And I know what you are capable of doing. God, we know. We know. We have read it in the Bible. We have been told. We have seen miracles happen. I know. God, I know that I may be out of a regular job now, I know. But because I know that the glory of the latter shall be greater than the former, I know that my tomorrow will be better than what I have seen, I know. I know. God, I know that I may not have a husband now, but I know that the race is not to the swift, neither is the battle to the strong. But the time and chance happened to them all. It may not be my time now, but my time is coming, I know. I know. God, I know. I may not be married now, but I'll be married very soon, I know. God, I know. We are not reminding God. 
he was not reminding God, but he was reminding himself about the things that God is capable of doing. Listen, sometimes you must remind yourself about the things that God is capable of doing. We know there is nothing, the Bible says, there is nothing impossible with God. We know. We know. He will know. We know. So Jehoshaphat said, God, that is you. That is you. And we know how you brought our fathers through the wilderness, resting wilderness, and, and settled us here. Even how we, we took over this land was a miracle. We know. Listen, by the time you go to God and you start this analysis, if God is sitting, he won't sit, he will stand. If God, if God is, is dealing with other matters, he will say, no, there is somebody who is recognizing who I am and what I am capable of doing. I believe that by the time Jehoshaphat finished this particular utterance, the whole of heaven came, came, came to a standstill and heaven said, what is the request of Jehoshaphat? Listen, when next you go to God and you say all these things, may God say, what is the request of this man? May God say that, what is the request of this woman? May God say that, what has he brought for us to do? We know. We know. What he is capable of doing. Hey! 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 Our God is not like the gods of this world who have eyes and cannot see, who have ears and cannot hear, who have hands but cannot lift them, who have legs and cannot walk, but our God is able to do all things. The Bible says before we even open our mouth, he knows our heart desire and he will grant them. We know. We know. God, we know. And that is why you see, the man feared. In other words, he shook. He shook. But he, he, was, in, he, was, in, he, he was in shock. I beg your pardon. The man was in shock, but he was never shook. <laughs> Let me break that down. The man was in shock because of the fear, but he was never shaking. He was never shaking. Of course, when something hits you, you shock. Ah, ah, why would this happen? It's a state of shock. But you see, when you start trembling and when you start wobbling and when you start wondering, that is the state for shaking. You will only shake when there is no way out. Even when you are in shock, you know that you will never be shaking because the word of God concerning your life is sure. It's sure. It's sure. So, I may be shaking sometime. I, I, may be, I may be in shock sometime, but I refuse to shake. Jehovah lived. He's seated on the throne. Jesus is seated on the right hand of the Father, interceding on my behalf. Jehoshaphat knew. He knew. So that none is able to withstand thee. Who are thou, O mountain before Zerubbabel? Who are thou? Who are thou? He knew. He knew. Given the next 10. Go to 10. And now behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Bansia Edomite, whom thou will not let Israel invade, when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them. Hold it there. So you see, God, you have told us 
to be at peace with our neighbors. Look at how our neighbors are treating us. You say we should keep quiet. Lord, look at these same people that we should have destroyed years ago. But you said we should not destroy them. We left them now. They are turning against us. The person I did good to years ago. Lord, look at how he's treating me. I have always said, in one of the offices where I worked, a young man that when we were starting the bank, I went to another bank. I went to another town. Went to another, we're trying to open a branch there. Went to another town. You see, I went to their banking hall, sat down because I disguised myself. I wasn't the managing director, I was the chief operating officer in there, then. I sat in their banking hall, I just observed those who were working, and I identified two people and said, this person may be good, this person may be good. I pulled the two of them, took them, nurtured them, brought them to the bank, nurtured them, positioned this guy, he, he became a branch manager, I pushed him, he was doing so well. When I left that institution, this guy was the first person to rise against me. Saying all kinds of things about me. Scandalous things that I never did. I never did any scandal, anything that would bring my name to disrepute. But this guy turned around. Why? Because he realized that perhaps the only way he has to survive in the system because I was gone was for him to destroy me so that the new person taking over will say, okay, he's a good boy. God, look at the people we did good to. By not destroying them, God, look at how they are treating us. They are coming over, they are coming against us. You have done good to people. Look at how they have turned around to wound you, to do all kinds of things. Look at, look at, look at, Lord. People, we have fed. There is a lady, my wife and I, we have fed, we have clothed. It got to a time. This lady took my wife's picture, my wife and I's picture, and we got this through Revelation to another so-called prophet. And he said the only thing she wanted was for our marriage to, to just scatter. This is a lady my wife picked. We were with her in most places. Took her primary school, secondary school, university. When she finished, I was the one that looked for employment for, in a financial institution for her. Listen. The world is full of people who are ungrateful. Ungrateful people. Hallelujah. Lord, look at. Listen. Sometimes the people who are coming after you are people whom you have done good to. In our can, we say, people you have done good to. People you have fed. People you have you have spent time with. Hallelujah. They just want to destroy you. Lord, look at the Moabites. Lord, you told us. Lord, look at. You told me as a, as, as a young lady, I should not sleep with, with any man until I get married. Look at how I have kept myself. And now look at where I am. No man is coming. Lord, look at. Lord, look at. Look at, look at, and look at the verse 11. Be behold, I say how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou has given us to inherit. Now, now hold it there. This particular scripture is interesting. Jehoshaphat says, 
although they had possessed the land, Jehoshaphat said, Lord, this possession is your possession, not our possession. You know, there was, Lord, we know that we own this land, but we know that although we now occupy it, it is for you. That is a way of, if you like, trapping God. Because you see, if it is God's protect, possession, then God must protect it. <laughs> if that husband is God's possession, God must protect the man. If that wife is God's possession, God must protect that woman. If that child is God's possession, God must protect that child. If that business is God's possession, God must protect that. Listen, you have personalized that thing for far too long. That's why you are losing it. You have personalized it. Stop personalizing it. Stop personalizing it. Always let it be that it is for God. You have only borrowed it. Listen, if the car you are driving is for God, it will never be involved in an accident. Because what will protect it? If that child is for God and God's eyes are upon him, then that child becomes the treasure of God, becomes the valuable thing of God, becomes something that is priority of God. God's eyes will always be upon that child. God's eyes will always be upon that child. Hallelujah. So it says, God, it is thy possession. And these guys are trying to take it away from us. God's your possession. Does anybody have the God's guts to take God's possession? You see, Jehoshaphat knew how to approach God. First of all, he says, God, we know what you are capable of doing. And what you have done in the past. We know. We know that you are God that rules in the affairs of man. We know that you are able to do all things. We know that the people you ask us not to harm. Now the people have risen against us. And now they are trying to take your own possession. With this, the man, listen. This is a particular prayer. That every time you find yourself in a place where the battle looks too big for you. Always go to this scripture and read it. And try to meditate and try to tell God. Try to bring God into the equation. Bring God into the equation. It's your possession. Look at the verse 12. 12. It says, God, oh our God, would thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon you. He concluded it this way. He says, God, having said all this, the reason why I'm here is that I don't have what it takes to fight them. I am weak as far as this army is concerned. I don't have the resources. I don't have the strategy. I don't have the manpower. I don't have the plan. I don't have anything to fight this army. My eyes are upon you. May your eyes be upon God. In that situation, may eyes be upon God. May you look up to God. May you hand over the battle to God. May God come in and take over the battle. May you tell God that God, at this point, I know not what to do. Take over. Take over. Take over, God. Just take over. Listen, there is no way God can sit in his throne and be looking. Because you have asked him that my eyes are upon you. How will, how will the world look at? How will the world look at? God, this business I have, I don't have what it takes to resurrect it. My eyes are upon you. My God, this marriage 
that has suddenly gone haywire, I don't know what to do. My eyes are upon you. Lord, this is my stomach that is behaving abnormally, that has refused to bring forth children. Lord, I have lit my limit. I don't know what to do. My eyes are upon you. Lord, this employment that I don't have, I know not what to do. I have roamed the whole of Accra looking for employment and nobody is calling me. Lord, I have gotten to my limit. My eyes are upon you. Lord, in this building, we have gotten to the point where we need the resources. We know not what to do, Lord. Our eyes are upon you to complete this building. Lord, finish this building to your glory. Our eyes are upon him. Our eyes are upon him. Your eyes are upon him. My eyes are upon him to come through for us, to deliver us, to save us, to help us, to comfort us, to provide for us, to heal us. Our eyes are upon him. 13 and 14. 13 and 14. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children. 14. I love the 14. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zachariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Matana, a Levite of the sons of Ashab, came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. I told you, as soon as the man finished and he said, our eyes are upon you, the next moment the spirit of God came down. Listen, when you go to God and you say your eyes are upon him, his spirit will come down, his spirit will speak, his spirit will minister. And this morning it is my prayer that even as you go before God telling him the situation that you are in, that it is too big for you, but it is too small for him, may the spirit of God come down this morning and may he minister to your situation. May he tell you something. May he say something to your situation. In the name of Jesus. And, and, and watch this. Watch this. Somebody's looking at it. And he's saying, why would the Bible waste time and talk about, why couldn't the Bible say just Jehaziel and stop there? It says, the son of Zachariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Joel, the son of Matana. You know what? These are generations. Generation. One generation to the other, one generation to the other. And the Bible is mentioning it because the Bible want to wanted to remind Jehoshaphat that listen, in every generation, God was faithful. And God is not about to cease his faithfulness in your generation. That in your generation, God will also be faithful. Oh, I came to tell you that God was faithful yesterday. He will be faithful today. He will be faithful tomorrow. The Bible says it's the same yesterday. It's the same today. And he will be the same tomorrow. In every generation, he changed not. It is the same God that delivered the Israelites, that delivered the children of Israel. He will deliver you. He will deliver me. He will provide for us. He will support us. He will be there for us. In every generation, he was faithful. In every generation, he was faithful. So he says, well, the spirit came upon the man, but it's not enough for the spirit to come upon the man. 
Because this man that the spirit has come upon has come from several generations. And in every generation, God was there. When they were crossing the Red Sea, God was there. When they got to the place where they were, all battles were being raised against them, the balance and the balance, God was there. In every point, in every situation where they found themselves, God was there. Oh, God will be there for you. So the spirit came upon him. 15. 15. And the Bible says, and he said, now it's getting interesting. Perhaps this is where I'm not going to preach. All that, <laughs> all that I have done. Also of his introduction. Let me now preach. Also, let me now preach. Let me, let me now preach. Let me now preach. Also, let me now preach. I, I, I want to preach. Can I preach? Can I preach? I want to preach. Oh, oh, I want to preach. Tell somebody, the man of God wants to preach. Because everything I have told you is about the problems and, and something, something, and reminding God. And not, now the, the Spirit of God has come down. The Spirit of God has come down. So when the Spirit of God comes down, hey. and he said, this is talking about Jehaziel. Je, so when the Spirit of God came upon him, he said, Hacking ye, O Judah, are ye inhabitants of Jerusalem? Listen. And thou king Jehoshaphat, so the spirit came and said, hey, hey, I want some silence and you guys listen. Because the Alpha and the Omega has shown up. So listen. That says the Lord unto you. I am here to tell somebody that says the Lord. Oh, I said that says the Lord. I am here to announce to you that says the Lord. I am here to prophesy that says the Lord. I am here to decree that says the Lord. Be not afraid or dismayed by reason of this great multitude. Be not be afraid by reason of this barrenness. Be not be afraid by the reason of this business that has gone down. Be not be afraid by reason of you being single. Be not be afraid by reason of this sickness. Be not be afraid. Initially you were afraid because you didn't know what the spirit will show up to say. But the spirit is here this morning to tell you be not be afraid. Tell somebody be not be afraid. Be not be dismayed. Say be not be afraid. Because the first thing the spirit will do is to calm you. He says, look, you were a like a child whose parent had left him or her. And, and somebody was trying to torment you. But suddenly your parents show up. The first thing you do is that you get your confidence. So be not be afraid because I am here. Be not be afraid. <laughs> For the battle is not yours but God's. This battle is not for you, but it's for me. <laughs> I will come back to it. 16. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Zeus, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook, before the wilderness of Jeruel. 17. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Hey, 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 hey. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. See yourself, stand ye still, 
and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go against them, for the Lord will be with you. Let's go back to 15 where it all started. The first thing he says, be not be afraid, be not be dismayed. Because the battle is not yours. So it then means that there are some battles that are for us. It then means that there are some battles that were for Jehoshaphat. But this particular one, it is not his battle. So is it possible that we have been fighting battles that are not for us? But they are for God. Oh, listen. Where that marriage has cut into, stop fighting. That battle is not for you. Where that business has got into, stop fighting. That battle is not for you. Oh, your children are wayward. You are worried. Where it has got into, the battle is no longer for you. It is for the Lord. Stop fighting. Conserve your energy for the battles that are for you. But as for this battle, it is not for you. Tell somebody this battle is not for you. It's not for you. It's not for you. It's not for you. It says, it says, it says, this battle is not for you because you don't have to fight in this battle. Hey, so it means that there are some battles. There are some battles that we waste our time fighting. But they are not our battle. And it says, go to, I think the 17. It says, be still and see the salvation of the Lord. No, there is a song. Um, I told Brokofi, uh, uh, he will sing it for me. It says, Be still and know that I be still and know that I Singing to somebody this morning. That I am God. And God is telling somebody this morning. He is I know that I salvation that I'll bring to you today. 
And he says, tomorrow he showed them what to do. He says, tomorrow position yourself. In other words, I don't want you to be on your land and see how I will deal with the enemies. I want you to see how I am going to deal with these enemies. So the only reason why I'm inviting you, I am not inviting you to fight, but I am inviting you to a banquet to see how your enemies will fall. It's a banquet. It's a banquet. It's a banquet. It's a victory banquet. It's a banquet where your enemies are falling. And God says, come and watch. Why? Because you see, there are so many ways God could have given them victory. But because he will not share his glory with any man. If, even if God says, I want you to just come and maybe lift a sword and one person can kill all of them. The glory will still somehow, some will go to man. God says, this one, because it's too big for you, I have to do it all alone so that I can take the glory all alone. Be still and know that I am God. Be still I think my voice is better today. That I am God. Because this, this, this analysis is sweet. My voice could have to come. I don't know where it came from. I don't know where it came from. Maybe I will join your choir with this. Hallelujah. But go back. It says, come. So, it says, listen. I know that you are worried. But come. So, you have to face them. But you will not fight them. So, come and face them. But you will not have to what? Fight them. Because the fighting will be done by me. Listen. There will be deliverance today. There will be healing today. There will be breakthroughs today. There will be miracles today. Because we will stand here and we will lift our hands to him and we will tell him, Lord, we are still before you. We know that you are Lord. We are still before you. Let me try and round up quickly. So go to the next verse. 18. And Jehoshaphat bowed his face, his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord and worshipped the Lord. So, it, 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 it moved. It was no longer a willpower. A willpower to fight the people. But it was now about worship. So, the people are coming to me for me to use my willpower to, worship, to, to fight them. But you see, I diverted my willpower and I converted it to a worship. Because I have heard from my God. You will hear from God today. And when you go, it is no longer about that thing. But it's about worship. Next verse. 21. Go to 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord. And that should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army and to say praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. You see this morning there was a revelation I got. Apostle was leading the prayer this morning and he said the spirit of the Lord is upon me and when the spirit of the Lord is upon me 
there's a way he put it. He said, I'm able to do the impossible. And I'm able he said, no, he says, let, pray that the spirit of the Lord will be upon the man of God so that there will be revelation. That was the prayer point. As soon as he finished saying that, I got a revelation from this. And the, the, I, my, my mind flashed through the Bible. And I realized for the first time, Osofo, that every time people praise God, they never fought the battle. Every time people praise God, they never fought battle. Every time praise went ahead of people, they never fought battle. You look at the wall of Jericho, praise went ahead, they never fought the battle. You look at Paul and Silas in prison, where the Bible said when they prayed and sang, they, they never fought the battle, the prison door opened. Now look at what happens here. As soon as Jehoshaphat, it didn't make sense. Jehoshaphat was sending these people to war, and he, instead of letting the strong men and the, and the people that were carrying the armory, Go ahead. Jehovah decided that praises and singers will go ahead. And they were singing praises, declaring the beauty of his holiness. Somebody's going to fight a battle and singing praises. Do you know why? Because the Bible says God inhabits the praise of his people. So as soon as praise takes the lead, as the people who are praising are taking the lead, God comes down and takes over the leading. So that God is leading, you are behind. God is leading and you are behind. So when the people started praising and singing, they were going and God came down and said, okay, now that you have sung, because I inhabit the praise of my people, Psalm 22 verse 3, I will now take over this battle. And look at what God did. Go to 22. 22. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambush. So when they began to sing and to praise, the Bible says God came down and set ambush against the children of Ammon, Moab, and, and the Edomite of Mansiah, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Next verse. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mansiah and utterly slay and destroyed them, holding them. So you see, as soon as God came down, God, what God is, did was, that's okay, they were three. You know, the Bible says God is a God of order. Everything he does, he does, including destroying the enemy, he does it in an orderly manner. God says, in order for you to be faster. Now, Pastor Ken, come. Uh, Pastor Mike, come. You see, if the three of us are supposed to fight, it will take us a longer time to kill ourselves. Correct? Oh, are you with me? I want you to get this illustration. I just got it here. It's not part of my sermon, my scripture, but I just got it here. You see, if the three of us are supposed to fight, it will take us a longer time because, you see, either I'm hitting Pastor Ken, Pastor Ken is hitting me, and I've decided I'm trying to hit Pastor Mike, Pastor Mike is trying to hit me, so there's confusion. It will take us a longer time. But you see, the quickest way to do it is that Pastor, no, he is slim, so let me team up with the bigger man. So Pastor Ken and I can, Pastor Mike and I can decide that. Let's team up to finish him. If we team up, you see that within a very short time, we'll do what? We'll finish Pastor Ken. So the first thing God did was that he made the children of Ammon and the children of Moab team up together to finish the Edomites. Thank you, you can go and sit down. He finished them. So the two of them team, to, team up together. They finished the, the, the Edomites. And they look at the next, and then, and then, and then, and, and the Bible says, and when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, so when the two of them finished, you know, dealing with the Edomites or the Seers, the Bible says, everyone, look at the word, helped. 
everyone helped to destroy one another. Who were they were helping? They were helping God or they were helping Jehoshaphat. So God used them. God used them to help them. God used them as a help for Jehoshaphat. You see, they had come to Jehoshaphat to destroy them. But at the end of the day, God used them. And the Bible said, because you see, when God is involved, he turns the, you know, he turns it around. This is a time of turning around. Tell somebody, it's a time of turning around. They have come with you, to you, to destroy you. But you see, God turn it around. Because what he does is that, he, 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 he the Bible, the, the, what's the scripture? It says, he, he, he not makes all things beautiful in this time. There is a scripture I'm looking for. All things work together for, 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 for our good. So you see, what they had come there to destroy them with, at the end of the day, it, they ended up turning it around. All things working together for their good. Hallelujah. Listen, everything we are going through works together for your good. No, I say work together for your good. It will work together for your good. Turn around. Turn around. Destroyed one another. And when they finished, at the end of the day, I'm sure the children of Israel were like, Charlie, what went on? But these people, thought, we thought they were coming to destroy us. And watch this. Most of the time, the things that the enemy seek to destroy you with becomes the weapon that you hold on to. You remember when the enemy tried to use a cross to crucify Christ, he later did he know that eventually the cross will become a platform that will win a lot of us to Christ. So God takes the cross that the enemy had hoped to use to destroy Christ and it's the same cross that we are holding on to. Hey, it's the same cross that we are holding on to. So, so they had come and they had hoped to destroy them. Now listen, the things that they had come to destroy them with, look at 25. What happens in 25? And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away and they were three days in gathering of the spoil it was so much hey also for, these were the things they had come to destroy the people with these were the people that they had come to finish them at the end of the day the children of Israel rather gathered the things and it became a, you know access to them listen may that thing become an asset to you may it turn around and may it become an asset to you may that thing begin to benefit you may that thing work to your advantage in the name of Jesus I don't care what they are coming to you with be it weapon be it Amori be it Asna whatever it is I am here to tell you that it will work together for your good. Hey, I'm not so full. They started gathering. For three days, they were still gathering. Listen, listen. No, you will gather. You will gather, you won't stop. Listen, that your business, you will gather in that business. In that marriage, you will gather. In that your child, you will gather. You will not stop. Listen. I speak into that barren womb. The barren womb that has refused to bring forth children. And we command that it will not come out. It will not bring forth one child. But it will bring out three children in the name of. Three children at once. Because you must gather in that barrenness. I speak to that sickness. 
and we ask in the name of Jesus that it will come out and, and, and your life will be prolonged. I speak to that husband of yours. We turn his heart around. Not only is he coming back, but he will come back loving you more than ever before. Oh, I speak into that your situation. You are single, but that man will command you to come. Wherever he is, he will not know peace until he come. And when he comes forth, he will treat you better than those who have gone ahead of you. I speak to that employment. The places you went to and they turn you around. They will call you and instead of giving you entry point, they will give you four steps above your entry point. I speak to that business that nobody is buying. By reason of this gathering this morning, we command people to come. You will not even have hands to receive. People will come in their numbers, in their multitude. I speak into that your mind. And may God begin to give you ideas, fresh ideas, new ideas, strategic ideas, ideas that will make a difference. I speak into that opportunity that you lost. And I decree that it will not come one, but it will come in ten multiple fold. I speak to that child who is wayward and that child will come back knowing the Lord that child will come appreciating the Lord the hand of the Almighty God will be upon that child I speak into that situation of yours and I ask that God will take it over this morning I decree this morning and I declare that even as your eyes upon the Lord may God himself come up and may God make a public show of the enemy and may God destroy every works of the enemy in your life Rise on your feet this morning. Rise on your feet this morning.